Welcome to another episode of Nigeria Daily. I am Martia Omar. So I got to a point where I just kept contemplating taking it all. I'll think I'll imagine using um, a knife or blades to just tear myself until I bleed out. September 10 is celebrated annually as World Suicide Prevention Day as endorsed by the World Health Organization WHO and the overall goal of this day is to raise awareness about suicide prevention worldwide and the show is dedicated to this. Suicides and suicide attempts have a ripple effect that impacts not only individuals but also families, communities and societies. Associated risk factors for suicide such as job or financial loss, examination failure or being unable to secure admission to school, trauma or abuse, mental and substance use disorders and barriers to accessing healthcare have been further amplified by COVID-19 and the economic hardship in the country. In what is fast becoming a recurrent incidence, different young people in Nigeria have commuted suicide and many attempted one. Has the thought of suicide ever crossed your mind? Let's listen to a cross-session of Nigerians as they share their story. That was 2013. I've been the work for a company like this. So, uh, money can't do the repairs well, well for that company. And uh, they can't get side hustle with the jewel, they made plenty of money that time. Can't they plan my wedding, my fiance be don't come, they plan wedding. The things just they move yeah, smooth, smooth, everything they move. Small time now, they can't call us for the company, say, man, they no fit, meeting all of us now. So, shall me a day among some of them, we can't leave work. As it can't be like that, now work no can't again, now can't manage, manage like that. Small time now, allow you know, landlord, they can't the piracy, you know, with the rent, yeah, can't the whole rent. My fiance can't go back. Tough. Now, so the thing can't be, you can't go back. Now, call the horse. Final, final, I can't leave that yard. Can't go again. Go the patch one of my friends. Everything can't tough to even eat. They hurt me. What you can't pay me, be say, even that my fiance can't hear say she won't come marry again. And we, the thing we pay me pass, be say. Now, for that, for that, my former yard, now one guy like this, we've been dating. Now, that person, she won't go marry. That thing can't scatter my head. Can't do me one kind of man. Now, wow. Anyway, now, so child. God, life can't dull, life can't hard, everything hard like this. Even my friend, why can't they stay with time? Can't they, can't they show me mood, some kind of mood, mood like this? Can't they get move swings anyhow? Everywhere I enter like this, everywhere can't they be like seen at me that they talk about. Everywhere I enter, people just they talk about me, can't they talk about me, anyhow, anyhow. Also know they nothing to even feel, everything can't just hard, life can't just dull, Kai, life can't hard. I say, Kai, maybe I could come and just end this thing, maybe I just leave this, this life just not one more time, you know what time, maybe I just walk out my thing, go, I don't use less finish, maybe I just they go my, now come, come this I see, maybe I just drink this uh, sniper, go buy you, yeah, go put out for bottle, drink her. I don't know how the thing can't be to tango for my life oh, because I open I can't find myself for hospital. And now my friend can carry me to hospital but oh, from there oh, so can the man with God reason and now I tango for my life as it's no can't be like this but oh, I don't straighten up now. Th- things don't look bright now. But that time no, that time life was 
life was just dull. Life gone black. Well, well. Hi, my name is Phoebe. And yes, there's been a time where I contemplated taking my life. So it happened that I was diagnosed with ulcer of the leg, which means that, let me try to paint a picture, um, there, there is a sore that doesn't heal on your leg close to your ankle, that kind of scenario. I was just 16. I just gained admission into the university and then um, I was diagnosed of that. It was pretty terrible because I felt like I didn't deserve it. I had been a good kid. I had been great. So why was this coming to me? I eventually ended up going to school. While I was in school, it was a lot. Um, I, I started loving dark places because the pain was so much and then it would stink. That's the sore would stink. And, um, you know, people will always ask questions. Why do you have a bandage on your leg? And, you know, those things were unending. So it got to a point where I just kept contemplating taking it all. I think I would imagine using um, a knife or blades to just tear myself until I bleed out. But um, as hard as it was, I had a great support system. My best friend and my brother, you know, were all together in school and they would always encourage me. They would tell me things were going to be better, even though I, I, it looked like at, at that point that things would not get better. Um, at the end of the day, you know, I grew up, seven years later, that was when I finally got he- healed of that ailment. And right now, from hindsight, I've gotten to understand that life comes with challenges, whether you like it or not, whether you deserve it or not. It's something that will definitely hit you and um, see it as part of life. Live your life in spite of all of that, knowing that someday things are going to get better. My name is Basil and what led to me, what led to me committing suicide was that every attempt at making progress in my personal life didn't work out. Uh, I was going for interviews and then getting to the interviews I was just shut down like as if I knew nothing and then bills were piling up I was getting clients that would give me a job but at the time they just changed their mind financial was not just funny and then I had friends around we had graduated with me together we have done service and they were doing well they had the working some lecturers and all, some other people working in and the one who worked in NFC and, and then they were just doing well. Then there was a group I was in, people were calling me for contributions and people were contributing without complaining. But I'm just there looking dumbass and I see men, is he, are you the only one that life is hard? Then friends are hanging out, the friends are hanging out, they can't call you because they know apparently that you don't even have the money to, you know, to contribute when they're buying things and then you couldn't even take a lady out for a decent date. It was, it was that bad. It was that bad. And then there was family pressure, expectation from parents that, okay, you need to be supporting the family, like pay your siblings school fees or do one or two things in the house. And it's not as if you are being lazy, but you're trying your best, the little ones you could do to bring the signal appreciation. As a matter of fact, I could recall countless of times where my, my dad and my mom had accused me as old as I am. I'm, I'm 32. Accused me of stealing. That was like, this happened four years ago. Accused me of stealing 500, maybe 200 naira in the house. They came and was was really, really embarrassing. Why? Because I'm not working. So maybe I'm the one who stole the money. I came out of it when I just said, enough is enough. And then I, I just asked God. I was praying actually and I told, see, Holy Spirit, see, is it too expensive for you to give me peace? If I die and go to hell, what does it profit you, God? 
it's at that particular point that i was crying seriously that night i took snipers the snipers or was no not snipers these um drugs that they use in um, when you have chicken paws yes so i took both of them i went to a very dark forest to really go and dark dark um, bush part of one of our estates at Ogun state there but you know after I, I cried i was about drinking it and i didn't know the force that helped me push it push the, away the drugs the the, the the poison i took away the courage and then i walked through and i was crying i think at the time i said enough is enough once i said enough is enough that i was going to learn some skills and the rest i don't know where that boldness that confidence to move through and then i hung out with correct and real friends and i changed church and some other places and then i became better for it those were accounts of some nigerian youths who attempted to take their own lives in the recent past in a final effort to escape their own life struggle we will go on a break but nigeria daily continues after to stay with us It's incisive. It's analytical. It's entertaining. It's educating. It's The Bearing, a podcast from Daily Trust addressing issues that have direct bearing in your life. Join us every week on www.dailytrust.com. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash daily trust. On Twitter at twitter.com forward slash daily trust. And on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash daily trust to listen in join us on google podcast apple podcast spotify and tune in radio for staying with us on this episode of nigeria daily we're discussing suicide prevention in commemoration of the world suicide prevention day social stigma and a lack of awareness remain major barriers to help seeking for suicide but how can these be tackled a clinical psychologist for lajai karim speaks with lillian ogazi so there are a lot of reasons why social stigma and lack of awareness are issues surrounding suicide. Um, but the major culprit in our society today would be cultural influences and our religious affiliations. So our cultural influences frown against suicidal ideation of behaviors. And while our religions as well also state clearly that um, you know, suicidal behaviors are sinful and unhealthy, and then finally, that's unhealthy to the general population. Then finally, we also know that suicidal behaviors in our nation today is criminalized. So anyone who attempts suicide is a, is a criminal according to our legal code. And so these things create social stigma surrounding it. But then apart from all of these social concerns, we also have personal reasons why we do not talk about suicide because it seems like a taboo subject to a lot of people and because it is it has a lot of emotional undertone around it people ascribe so many things that are negatively associated with it and that's why the social stigma is still around and might be for a long time if we do not create the awareness 
All right. Now, in the spirit of creating the awareness, now, can you briefly state to us what people should look at in themselves to say, okay, it looks like I'm going through a mental health problem and I might most likely commit suicide? Because we spoke to a couple of victims who have pulled through and they stated how they were able to, when they got to realize that they need help. So what are those signs and symptoms people, even those, should look out for? All right. So suicide in itself is as a result of an underlying mental health condition. Mm. There are several issues why a person might think about taking their own life. However, we know that most suicidal um, ideation or behavior as a result of an underlying mental health problem. And this would include um, the number one cause being depression and then other ones like substance use disorders, chronic psychotic conditions like schizophrenia and bipolar affective disorder. And so when you begin to have these issues, and particularly when people do not have the right coping mechanisms to life stressors, because that's another trigger as well, where people do not have the right coping mechanisms to life stressors or emotionally impactful events like traumatic conditions such as uh, a natural disaster, sudden loss of wealth, you know, and all and things of that nature. Mm. These things can precipitate suicidal behaviors. And so you might begin to notice that the person is talking too much about dying or is isolating themselves or sleeping too much or too little, having racing thoughts, having a feeling of helplessness and hopelessness, not seeing the, not questioning the value or the meaning of life. So when you begin to experience, when you begin to see that the person is experiencing any of this, it is a good time for you to probe around asking whether the person is suicidal. And contrary to popular opinion, it is actually healthy when you notice that the person is having been signed to ask, are you suicidal or are you have you been thinking about taking your life lately? Mm -hmm. A person who most likely is suicidal doesn't want to die. They just want to end the pain of living. And so when they find somebody who is interested in how we feel, they begin to ask, they inquire or they try as much as possible to give out the information as to how they are feeling. But if you do not ask, if you do not inquire, most likely they will be up in their feelings and will not be able to express how they feel. All right, finally, now as individuals, now what can we do to help someone who is showing signs of depression or any sign of mental health issues that might lead to suicide attempts? All right, first, I'm glad you asked this question because the responsibility of suicide prevention is not left for only professionals. It is meant for every individual in the society. And as individuals, the first thing that we need to do is to learn how to relate with people who are having suicidal behaviors. Also learn the do's and don'ts of suicide prevention. Because there are things that you can do that if you are not careful, might lead to a wrong approach towards helping a person. And so we need to learn the right approach towards doing some of the things that will help the person or to save a life, particularly the life of someone who is um, having suicidal so ideation. Can you briefly give us like one or two of the, just one or two briefly of those approaches so people can know? Okay. Yeah. So first is to identify what we call risk factors Risk factors will include all the things I've said, the signs, the warning signs. Maybe the person has an underlying mental health condition. If the person is having symptoms of depression, such as eating too much or too little, sleeping too much or too little, withdrawing, isolating themselves, talking about dying, talking about fantasizing about 
dying, having a feeling of helplessness or hopelessness, having no mood, not having pleasure in the things that they normally have pleasure doing. And if these things have been persistent, if these signs have been persistent. Another thing also is to identify maintaining factors. That's how to help the person. Identify protective factors. So these are things that will help a person recover early, which you can identify and strengthen them. These protective factors will include things like a good family support system. Contrary to popular opinion, religious affiliation can actually help a person who's suicidal. So if the person has religious affiliation and they are able to reinforce that, it can help a person maintain the will to live. And so many other things like and then supporting them in their for their primary to fulfill their primary needs. That was Folajai Karim, a clinical psychologist, highlighting the need for mental health literacy and anti-stigma campaigns. To address this urgent public health issue, all of us, family members, friends, co-workers, community members, educators, religious leaders, healthcare professionals, political officials and governments can take action to prevent suicide in Nigeria. And this is where we draw the curtains on today's episode of Nigeria Daily. We appreciate everyone who contributed to the show in one way or the other. Nigeria Daily is a Daily Trust production and it's open for sponsorship and advert placement. You can download this and other episodes on dailytrust.com and on buzzsprout.com. You can also listen on Spotify, Google Podcast, and TuneIn Radio. You can drop your comments on our social media handles on Twitter and Instagram at daily underscore trust and on Facebook at Daily Trust. Thank you for your time. I am Martia Umar. Bye for now. <laughs>